On July 11, 1996, a dead man is found beaten and half-naked in a parking lot in Knoxville, Tennessee. Scattered around his body was German, Canadian, and United States currency, totaling nearly $4,000. The man is identified as 31-year-old Blair Adams of Surrey, British Columbia. But how he got there and how he met his tragic end is one of the most mysterious cases in the history of both Tennessee and British Columbia. You're listening to the Mysterious Bruce podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of Blair Adams. Welcome to another edition of Mysterious Bruise Podcast, coming from a deep, dark, dank, moist basement somewhere in Georgia. I am your host, Arlo, and the man sitting across from me, getting ready to take on the world, (laughs) the coach. Brother, I'm telling you, man, it is so hot. Triple digits this week with the heat index. Dude, I'm about to go to Las Vegas next week. and You've been practicing by just standing in front of the oven? The low is going to be 107. 107. Which means it won't get below 95 at night. No, that's, I mean, that's the low. Oh, yeah, that's what low means. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be hot. Hot. Let me tell you. But other than that, man, everything's great. I am better than I deserve to be, I assure you. Another week in the books. Dude, I am so excited about this case. I can't even I can't even see straight. This, this is a case that comes from a listener who just happens to be my sister, as a matter <laughs> of fact. It, uh, <laughs> she like literally the moment I told her we were doing a podcast, I didn't tell her what the podcast was about. I didn't tell her anything, but she knew me well enough, and she said, Blair Adams. She said, you got to do Blair Adams. I said, well, it's about, she said, Blair Adams, just do Blair Adams. So, as our first requested case, we're going to do Blair Adams. Blair Adams, and it is wild, man. This one, I mean. It's still wild, even, and we hope that you at least. Do a little bit of looking on the internet. That's our goal when we present these cases. Mm-hmm. Is you do a little bit of research and maybe we trigger something where it's one of those cases you check on. Def- you know, definitely. Every once in a while. You know, I got a, I got some good feedback about Kate the the Gary Subrent case where it didn't involve a death. They were like, man, I just love the fact that it was a true mystery, didn't involve any death. Well, a lot of mysteries do involve death. Unfortunately, and this is one of them. And I mean, it is a wild, wild case. I'm going to go out of my way to try to find something that doesn't involve death. But this one, I've, I've wanted to do. I'm, I'm fascinated with it. And it's not too far away from us. No, it's not. Knoxville, it's Tennessee. Hour drive. And me being a gigantic. Oh, hold on. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> a gigantic University of Tennessee volunteer fan. Anything involved in Knoxville, I'm all about. Yeah, I'm from Georgia. But I am a Tennessee fan, and the man sitting across from me, unfortunately, is a Georgia fan. And we still get along, sorta. We we don't. See There's it. only one weekend out of the year. It. I mean, honestly, or any time one of us totes an ass whipping. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, when you look at us as individuals, 
Mr. Arlo, what really brings us together is this, this podcast, these, t- these topics, because we don't see eye to eye as far as college football teams. We certainly don't see eye to eye as far as politics. <laughs> no, we don't. But when it, but this is what brings us together. So, Well, as y'all can tell, in the background, I've already decided that he can ramble on, but I was going to pop the top. And we are drinking, and this was awful difficult, but once again, Kylie came through. She had, I have a hard time saying she had. She had. She had. She had what the beer we were. You have a lot of trouble saying a lot of things. I do. (laughs) Well, the reason I have a problem saying she had and the beer's name is once I say it, everybody be like, but. (laughs) Ah, she had bearded iris. She had bearded iris. And this is an IPA. (laughs) It's homestyle IPA. Bearded iris is the brewery. Yes. And it's. uh, The homestyle. This is their flagship. And they, it came highly recommended. Uh, one thing I will say. It's excellent. It is excellent. It is very good. The smell alone. I'm like, I am quite impressed. Usually I'm a little hesitant, but, and it comes, the, the thing I like also is it comes in pint cans. I do love pint cans. Yes, I do. King size for the king. But I will have to tell you a funny story about Kylie's Corner. I had called and gave her. You know, our recommendation, we're looking for any beer out of Tennessee. And she was like, I've got the one. You need to come get it. So I get there. And as I walk in, she's like, you better hurry. Meth Mouth Judy's over there at the beer cooler. And she's eyeing your bearded iris. And so I was like beating Meth Mouth Judy off the the cooler. You beat her off? Is that what you're saying? Exactly what I said. For the bearded iris. Hey, can you get that anywhere else? Can you really get that anywhere else? You beat her off. Yeah, okay. for the bearded iris. Don't I'm, forget that. I'm not exactly sure your wife will approve of that, but well, I'm not going to be the one to tell her. Okay, good. And now, since, with all that out of the way. since she can't stand the sound of your voice, she ain't going to listen to this podcast. No, she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, like Coach alluded to in the opening and in his little monologue while I was drinking the beer, I just couldn't wait. We are talking about Blair Adams, and we are going to post a link on our lovely Instagram and Twitter at Mysterious Bruce. I think we're going to have to break down and make the Facebook I know page. we are. It just breaks my heart that we have to do I'm that. Really, I really, I don't want to do it. We are going to try YouTube too. We're going, Yeah, we're going to post everything on YouTube. I mean, we're doing pretty good though. I mean, we, we, we've had a month of podcasts. This is our, what, sixth episode? And I mean, we, we've had, we've all had over 600 listeners. We've got over a hundred subscribers and we have literally done nothing. But make a Facebook page. I mean, make a Instagram page and a Twitter page. Yeah. And, and then just sit in the damn dang ass basement drinking beer. I mean, literally we have done nothing. And that, I, I mean, that's pretty impressive. It is pretty impressive. But like my wife said, people like watching stupid people. But they can't see us. That's what I've tried to tell her. Well, you know. Okay. Um, what I had alluded to was there is a guy that did a follow-up article on Blair Adams in the Knox News. And I will post that link on both Instagram and Twitter. That's where a lot of my information came from, along with Reddit, the Unsolved page there. They do a very good job. My knowledge of this case came from YouTube. I've watched several videos about this thing, man. Y'all know I love YouTube. and Oh, God, this case is just wild. 
And like we've said many times before, we're not going to answer any questions. We're just going to pose more. And this is definitely one of those cases. On July 5th, 1996, Blair Adams, age 31, withdrew almost all of the money from his bank account in Canada. July 5th? Yes. I have July 7th. That is what I run into. There is a two-day discrepancy based on what, if you look at Wikipedia, you look at Reddit, and you look at that Knoxville News article, there is a two-day discrepancy. Oh, that's interesting. It is, because that throws a whole monkey wrench into, and I was going to bring that up later, but we'll just go ahead and tackle that, beat that that, rabbit right now. that, That piqued my interest right away, because that was not the same research I got. Yes. We're gonna go. We'll, what we'll do is I'll say my date, and if it differs from yours, you can say, and that that way we well, can I coincide. Mean, we, know, the, we know exactly the date that he, he was died. found yeah. and the date he died. So the, I think the only discrepancy is going to be the days leading up the, to the, the 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 fifth and the seventh. So he takes out all the money from his bank account in Canada, which and, for, which for a thirty-one year old man, he's doing pretty good. Yeah, because they said. Well, we'll he, get into it. I can't. Okay, I mean, right. we'll jump I'll around. Slow, I'll, I know. You know me when I, I when it's my when we're they, just taking it, running with it. When it's the case that I when it's the case that I pick, or in this case the case that my sister picked, man, I I, I get excited. And I want to jump ahead, so forgive me, forgive me. There also he has a safety deposit box that he cleans out, and we'll get into the contents of that. But he told his mother that something was bothering him, and. From what I could gather, he took a spur-of-the-moment trip to see his uncle in Courtney, British Columbia. Mm-hmm. At least that's what he said. But his yeah. uncle was not home. Yeah, his mom, you know, inquired, of course, as moms do. I know if I told my mom something was bothering me, she'd be all over it. And, you know, she'd probably cook me a home-cooked meal and tell me all about it, baby. So she inquired, and he told her, I don't think I should tell you about it. Yeah, he kind of blew her off, and, the, and so that, I she mean, didn't press the issue a whole lot. To me, that's if you if you're not even going to tell your mom, that's a pretty serious thing. It is. That's a pretty serious thing because you can pretty much tell your mom anything. In my experience, well, in the South, you can tell your mom and them. Yeah, you gotta go tell your mom. You can and tell them. your mom and them pretty much anything. Yeah, she ain't gonna judge you a little bit. Yeah. All right, so we have got. Another, and I could not get the name of this friend, but it's been stated that he would tell a female friend that he needed her help to get across the border because someone was trying to he kill him. He actually came to her house late yeah. at night. And she was unable to help him. Yeah, that's she, all was, I could find. Her kids were asleep. Okay, and, so you obviously found more than I did. Yeah, of course I did. Well, on this part. <laughs> he actually came to her house late at night and he, you know, banging on the door and he begged her to take it. He said, somebody's trying to kill me. I need to go to the border. And she just basically turned him away, which to me is not a very good friend. No. I mean, I don't have many close, close friends, but the close friends I do have, if I show up at your house late at night and say, hey, somebody's trying to kill me, they're going to help me out. So yeah, It would be one of those, are we taking my car or did you drive? I mean, we're getting the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> Cause, but yeah, she actually turned him down. I mean, she had kids in bed, her husband was in bed, and she just said, look, I can't help you. And he, he apologized to her and he said, okay, I'm sorry, and he left. All right, so I have on that Sunday that he tried to board a ferry in Victoria, British Columbia, to travel to Seattle, Washington. Correct. And he was stopped by U.S. immigration, and they denied him due to the fact that they basically profiled him. He was a white 
male, unaccompanied, large amounts of cash and valuables. Yeah, he had about, I mean, he had 4000 some odd dollars on him in various currencies. And, but to me, see, to me that, I feel that that is, that's just not fair. If you have no probable cause, how can it be illegal to carry a lot of cash? Well, here's how they got him. And I was the same way. They said that they delayed him at first and then ran the background check and found that he had convictions for uh, assault and for some, like, some marijuana. So that kind of I mean, seals the deal. Marijuana in Canada? Come on. I know it's hard that to believe. That ain't a crime anymore. Not anymore. It probably wasn't a crime then. Probably wasn't. <laughs> So two days after his failed attempt, he um, is found attempting to cross the border on foot at the Pacific Highway border crossing by Canadian Border Patrol. He actually met the description of a man that was suspected of stealing a car, which happened to be discovered just off the side of the road near the actual border crossing. I mean, it, that's true. And he also showed up. He had a bunch of scratches. Yes. And he's, it's scratches covering his legs and his hands, which, that's pretty suspicious. Yes. Um, they The border agents make note of those scratches on his legs and his hands, but basically they have nothing to hold him with or on. Um, so the next day, he actually does make entry into the U.S., and this is via a Nissan Altima that he had rented from the Vancouver International Airport. I just, I, I, I have to make a stop right here just for a second. Because in our vastly large catalog of back episodes, we have always tried beers that I've enjoyed previously. This is the first time we've actually tried a beer I've never had. And let me tell you, this thing is delicious. It is good. This, this uh, Bearded Iris Homestyle IPA. It's freaking good. It so, is good. I'm very sorry to make that tangent, but I felt like I needed to say it. So, yes, he does make entry into the United States with a Nissan Altima. And then, like, see, the actions that he takes are just so odd. Even if there's someone chasing you. So, he, he's, he's stated that someone's trying to kill him. And that may be true. The even the things that he does from here on out are extremely strange. All right, so we're up to we have a WTF for the withdrawing everything. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a WTF with the mother. Yeah, we have a WTF with the friend. Somebody's trying to kill me, get me across the border. Well, I don't think that's. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you got two there because what the fuck? Who the fuck's trying to kill you? And why the fuck wouldn't you help him? Yeah, if I come to, so, I even if I come too. to a common acquaintance and say somebody's trying to help me, I would hope that you would be like, hey man, just stay right here for a second, we'll figure this out. I mean, I can, I have, you know, close friends are one thing, for sure you're going to help them, but I have several minor acquaintances that if they came to my door and said they were, someone's trying to kill me, I'm going to be like, okay, let's, well, alright, let's do what we got to do to try to help you. How do you how do you be a close friend of this guy and turn him away? I don't know. I don't get it. I mean, I'm not I'm not bashing her. I'm not no bashing man. the lady. I'm not I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, but it is strange. Well, and then I give like two what the fucks on him trying to cross the border multiple times, and I'll go ahead and lump in the fact that he shows up the second time with scratches on his legs and his hands. He's on foot too. I mean, he's on foot, walking up to the border. 
I mean, I see that as being. A little... I'm not. If I'm trying, if somebody's trying to kill me, I'm not going through traditional. Because I have a friend that actually worked the northern border. He worked oh, yeah. for the border patrol. You want, you gonna find a coyote? Yeah. Well, no, from... not even a coyote. I'm you're gonna, gonna find, find, find some, some Canadian coyote that's gonna take you. Into, I'm gonna into find the a damn logging road, and I'm gonna yeah. walk my ass across yeah. it. I mean. Yeah, the Canadian, the American-Canadian border is probably the largest border between two countries, unguarded border between two countries. Yes. So if you really want to get into America, that's the way to go. You can, you can do it. Yeah. You might have to hike a little bit, but you can do it. Now we get to the Nissan Altima. Well, I mean, hold on now. We can't just get there just yet. What well, that's what he rented from the Vancouver International Airport. Well, I understand that, but where are you going with it? Where I'm going is he rents this car. Mm-hmm. And then he attempt well, not attempts, but he actually purchases a round-trip ticket to Frankfurt, Germany. And uh, to somebody that doesn't know, I mean, that's going to be very weird. Why Germany? Why yes. Frankfurt, Germany? But he does have ties to Germany. His stepfather... Owned a construction company. For him, it's not that odd. Right. And he had actually worked on a project in Frankfurt. So, and it was known to some of his friends that he had actually dated a German woman while he was over there. I think he was over there for six months. Mm-hmm. That's what something, I like, something like that. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't quote us on it, but something like that. Even though he bought the ticket to Frankfurt, she goes on record later stating that he never contacted her. Right. And then the funny thing is... He goes back and states that he needs to turn that ticket in because the person he was going to had gotten sick. Mm-hmm. Correct. So then he purchases a $800 one-way ticket to Washington, D.C. And again, here's where the what-the-fucks come in because he buys a one-way ticket when, for whatever reason, an actual round trip is going to be cheaper. Yeah, it's going to be half. Yeah, half the cost for a round trip and he buys a one-way. So this all takes place. So you can clearly say that he's not thinking proper. He's not thinking. He's, he's not, not acting right. 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 No, he's not, he's not acting, acting right. Yeah, he's all. acting very strange. And all of this with the renting the Nissan to get to the U.S. Um, and then arriving at the Seattle airport, purchasing the ticket to Germany, then turning it in, purchasing it one way to Washington, D.C. This all happens in one day. Mm-hmm. So he takes the ticket and actually uses that last one and flies to Washington DC and arrives at Dulles and there he rents a white Toyota Camry at around six forty five AM is what I had. That's correct. Six forty five. Yes. And so then he proceeds to drive seven hours from Washington DC to Knoxville, Tennessee. And again, the strange behavior there is no record of any kind for him to have known anyone in either Washington, D.C. or Knoxville. Right. And they. Uh, He'd never been to either one, and he knows no one in these cities. He is confirmed to have made that trip because in Troy, Virginia, he was in a minor fender bender where he backed into another man's vehicle. And the man, they would actually find him. And that man would tell authorities that uh, Blair was extremely nice, but you could tell he was in a hurry. Mm -hmm. Correct. So now we get to 
the gas station. And this is the first time he is spotted in Knoxville. Yep. And this is a gas station on Strawberry Plains Pike at about 5.30 p.m. And for, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, for anyone in another country or whatever, hopefully we we reach out that far. Um, Knoxville, Tennessee is approximately 500 miles or 800 kilometers southwest of Washington, D.C. So that is a trip. I mean, that's going to take you nine hours, ten hours. Yeah, he's he's actually just, I mean, making a beeline for some unknown reason. To this day, it's unknown why he chose mm-hmm. Knoxville. So there's a man named Mr. Gerald Sapp, and he is an interstate repair service driver. And he was called to the gas station on Strawberry Plains Pike by the gas station clerk because Blair could not get his car started. So Mr. Sapp is on record stating that when he arrived at the gas station, Blair tells him that he can't get his car started. And Sapp looks and determines the reason he can't get it started is because he's trying to start his Toyota Camry with the Nissan key. And he asked Blair to look in his pockets. Yeah, he said, quote, if you drove this thing up here, you have to have another key in your pockets. Yes. And Blair was very adamant that that was the only key he had. But and he also refused to check his pockets, though. Yeah, he would not even put his hands he in his pockets. He would not pocket. even put his hands in his pockets. He said that's the only key he had. That's the key he had been using. And uh, the Nissan Altima, he had actually abandoned in Seattle. So he, um, he, as in Mr. Sapp, stated that uh, instead of arguing with Blair, he went ahead and called a tow truck and had the Camry towed to a shop. And he drops Blair off at a brand new Fairfield Inn. Let, let, let's go. Let's talk about that key. Let's go ahead and, you know, not wait to the end. And let's, just, let's talk about that key now. If that is true, if that's 100% true that he had no other key. And he was using that key. That is a very big what the fuck moment. Yes. However. It is not true. I think. Well, I mean. I mean, we'll cover that in a little bit. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure he had that other key on him. Yeah, I just don't. I'm sure he did, too, just based on what's found when they find his body. Yeah. I mean, I really like to think that, you know, me being the the obsessive about the mystery part. I'm just like, oh my God, he drove a key. He drove a car with the wrong key. That's, 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 that's fate leading him, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm somewhere. He had that key. I would have felt like the mystery would have liked the plot thickens. If he had turned his pockets inside out and like, look, man, I don't have anything. This is what I used to get here. Correct. Then I'd been like, what the fuck? Yeah. But the fact that he just refused to do it is kind of, it's kind of odd. But again, his line of thinking in this entire is, incident is very odd. Yes. So. so Mr. Sapp takes him to the Fairfield Inn, and then he states that Blair just walks off, and Sapp has to chase him down to give him his bag that he took from the Camry. Correct. Sapp told authorities and the press that Blair did not appear to be on drugs or appear to be drunk, but he was just not all there. Correct. And a little side note, Mr. Sapp is investigated once they find Blair's body, and it shakes him so bad that he quits being an interstate repair service driver and wow. changes 
professions and moves out of the state. Really? I did yes. I I did not hear, I did not research that. That is amazing. And I mean that just I know that it would have shocked me if I was being investigated for a murder, but I wonder what if it was that intense of an investigation where he was like, you know what? I'm not putting myself out there again. Wow, that's that's crazy. That is crazy. So we get to the hotel. Which is a Fairfield Inn. Yes. And the lady working that night is Miss Tika Hartsfield. And she states that Blair enters the hotel and is exhibiting some extremely strange behaviors. And this is around 7 p.m. Yeah, he enters and exits several times. He paces around the lobby. It takes him about 40 minutes before he actually approaches the desk. And there is closed-circuit security footage that shows him in the lobby walking around for this 40 minutes. He then goes and asks for a room, and he pays for it with a $100 bill. But he doesn't wait to get his change. He just grabs the key and turns around and walks out. And so she tries to call his room to let him know, hey... You've got some change down here from your room. Nobody answers. And this case is actually on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Yep, two in a row. Yeah, <laughs> two in a row. But the, the police investigation determined that he never entered that room. No. And she would tell, uh, or she's on the actual episode stating that Blair was acting very nervous, agitating, and acting like someone was about to come in on him, even though there wasn't anybody around there. And then she states, and I quote, I don't know who he was looking for, but he was waiting for somebody to walk in for him. Mm-hmm. So that's the the Fairfield Inn. And, I, and, we will... and that's going to be the last sighting of him alive. Yes. So I have on July 11th, 1996, around 7.30, at an under-construction hotel site, two workers find Blair Adams' half-nude corpse. I mean, this is just crazy, man. It is. It's crazy. He's found with his shirt open and basically naked from the waist down. Mm -hmm. His pants, socks, and shoes were lying near him, and scattered around him was a mixture of German, Canadian, and U.S. money calculated at nearly $4,000. Police also find a black duffel bag containing maps and receipts and a fanny pack which held five ounces of gold bars, gold and platinum coins, jewelry, keys, and a pair of sunglasses. And guess what else was there? Yep, the Toyota Camry key was found with his body. See, so there's when, like when we get to plethora it, of what that the fuck's is, right there. it's insane. Whatever happened to him, it makes zero sense that they wouldn't take the money. It makes zero sense to me. Okay, it makes maybe they didn't, maybe they wouldn't root through the bag. Maybe they're in a hurry. But the four thousand dollars in currency is found lying on the ground. I mean, it's scattered, but it's still there. How do you not take that, regardless of your reasoning for what you've done? If you're going to murder someone, why not rob them? Well, my thing is, if you're really out to kill this man, why not 
take some of that stuff so that it appears that it was a robbery gone bad. Exactly. I mean, and plus, it's money. Yeah. I mean. Better than cash. And then you got (laughs) (laughs) money better than cash. You're damn right. But, I mean, even so, why not take the bag and, I mean, you're talking gold, platinum, gold and platinum coins, jewelry, keys. I mean, well, keys, who gives a shit? But. Sunglasses, gold baby. bars? Five I know, ounces five of gold ounces bars? Of gold bars. That's what blew Even my mind. In 1996, that's a good amount of money. Yes. Yes, it is. So, once we get to the uh, our uh, our thoughts, that's going to come up again. Yes. Why not rob the man? So, with Blair being found in Knoxville, we are looking at the autopsy being performed by the University of Tennessee's Medical Center. And if I, if I can just interrupt real quick. Imagine that. I'm sorry. But <laughs> I love the University of Tennessee. And if you don't know anything about the University of Tennessee, I mean, if they have a body farm up there. And when, when the unfortunate time comes that I shake off this mortal coil, I want to be buried. I want to be. I want to be dropped off at the body farm. Do you want to be put under like the the mesh, or do you want like barbed wire? They do some crazy shit to see how you decompose. Yeah, they they do. They'll put you in like trunk of a car. They'll yeah. put you. I don't want no part of that. They'll leave you just laying there so the animals can get you. They they will put bar- stake your ass down too. They will put you know. They'll put wire mesh over you so animals can't get you, but the insects do. They do all kinds of crazy shit, but. I mean, and you can actually tour this place. <laughs> I, I, I'm not doing. Given it. the option of being buried in the ground or cremated, just leave my ass out there. Let the bugs have me. Once I'm bones, put me right underneath Neyland Stadium, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Excuse me, sorry. Hey, do you remember a couple of years ago when Georgia uh, lost Tennessee on that Hail Mary? Was that three years ago? I think so. I was there though. I was there live in person. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. All right. In tangent. Let's go. Sorry. All right, so the autopsy states that his official cause of death was ruled sepsis stemming from an abdominal perforation, which basically means, in layman's terms, somebody done hit poor Blair in the stomach with a big old stick or a crowbar. Well, he, yeah, he also had uh, uh, cuts on his head that that were ruled, wounds on his head that were seen to be... Uh, possibly made by a crowbar as well but he put up a hell of a fight from what i can yeah he did have defensive wounds but the actual killer blow was stated to be just one solid hit yes and i mean to i mean to kill someone with one solid hit you have to know where that well, I mean, not or even you have where, to be but, able I mean, to you, generate a lot of a force. lot of force. Now, one thing that the uh, cold case detective that's currently investigating this, Mr. David Davenport, had stated that he had a very deep cut on one of his hands, like it had been forcefully knocked to the pavement. Ooh, okay. Investigators recovered a long strand of someone else's hair from the hand that I had actually referenced that had the deep cut on it. This is the only significant piece of physical evidence that they would find. Now, for some reason, if you have children listening to us, you're an idiot. But <laughs> Seriously. Second of all, uh, that you might want to do the earmuffs thing. Now, I, had, I did have a friend 
a jiu-jitsu friend that said, I heard you doing a podcast. Now, can I listen to it in the car with my kids? Is it kid-friendly? No, it is and not. I think I laughed for a good th- solid 30 seconds. Do you know me? Like, have you met me? <laughs> have we talked for longer than 10 seconds? <laughs> Go ahead. All right, all right. Let's get on task. All right, so this is the point where authorities, the coroner, someone has indicated that Mr. Blair was sexually assaulted. And yeah, they, yeah, they said it was, quote, sex-related. Yes. Um, but there was no DNA evidence left. And it was clear, or I'm sorry, it was not clear when the assault occurred, which leads you to believe that he had consensual anal sex within... Well, not necessarily. I mean, they, they, they did state that... Well, there's no tearing of the buttle. Well, that's true, but they did state that uh, the way that they found his pants and his his shoes gave them an indication that they were removed forcibly. Now, maybe... He was in a hurry to get down? Well, no. I'm just saying that maybe they did not do anything anally. They just... Sucky, sucky long time? I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe it was... Maybe they were trying to embarrass him. Maybe... Well, I had read somewhere, I don't know, and I couldn't find it again when I was doing my notes, but I had read somewhere that it was almost like... Someone had stated that it was almost like a drug mule. Like, there was some... Oh, maybe, something... Maybe they were checking... Yes. ...to see if he had any... Something up there. He had it in the old prison pocket. That's right. <laughs> the old keister stash. Yeah, the old prison pocket. Although Blair had grappled with addiction in the past, they, the toxicology report showed that there was no drugs or alcohol in his system. However, he did have a last meal that consisted of something to do with lettuce, a meat material, and some shrimp. Because they found that still in his stomach. Uh, he had not officially been diagnosed with any kind of mental illness. And the only person who reported hearing anything out of the ordinary that night before he was found was a security guard at a nearby business. And he had told detectives he heard an abrupt scream about 3.30 in the morning, but believed it to be a woman's voice. I'm going to tell you something. If they're checking my prison pocket, I'm going to scream like a girl. Well, there were also... uh... Two women that claimed to have witnessed him speaking to a man outside of a Cracker Barrel. Yes, but I think they disproved. Well, they have a sketch of it. I was unable to find the sketch. I mean, I can, I can probably do a little more research on it. But, yeah, they had a sketch. There is supposedly a sketch of a man that they claimed that was speaking to Adams outside of a Cracker Barrel. So maybe that's where the shrimp and the lettuce and all that came from. Maybe he went to the old Cracker Barrel. Now, some... People had theorized at the when his body was found that this was indicative of a sexual assault. And some investigators had said that he may have been, and this was just a theory, in the process of a sex act that turned deadly. And a truck stop near the crime scene and near his hotel served as a hotbed for prostitution at the time. Now, this is all basically just a theory that they quickly shot down because if you've ever been to a truck stop late at night or early in the morning and you see those lounge lizards, they would rob you blind 
if you were unconscious, much less dead. All of that money and all of those exactly would have been gone. Exactly. So that theory was shot down pretty quickly. I mean, that's honestly that makes part part of part of the reason why this is such a mystery is the fact that he wasn't robbed. Right. That that's the biggest. I think that's the glaring what the fuck in the whole case is the fact of how he's found and what's found with him. We'll go. We'll circle back to the German connection. He had Blair had worked in late 1995 for his stepfather's prefab construction company, and this company's called SS Cedar Homes, on an assisted living facility near Frankfurt, Germany. While he was there, he met a woman attending a party in November, and the two began dating. She had told detectives that Adams was nothing but a gentleman, but there was people that he worked with while he was in Germany, that stated that he was extremely abrasive and confrontational and occasionally got into fights. Hmm. Now, although Adams told several people that he feared for his life, he specified to his German girlfriend and at least one other friend that he dreaded violence from former co-workers who had recently returned from Germany. Three days before his death, at a travel service, a very subdued Blair shelled out nearly $1,700 in Canadian cash for his round-trip flight to Frankfurt, which he basically turned back in to get the $800 ticket to go to D.C. And that is where he would tell the lady at the counter the visit had to be canceled because the person I was going to see had gotten sick. And when pressed about this, his German girlfriend stated that she was not expecting him. Yeah, she hadn't heard from him. No. At all. So that's basically most of the facts of the case. Now we get into the weird shit that that happened roughly six months after he was found. And I have that there is a person going by the screen name of Nerd Girl. And she appears on an online message board stating that they were friends. And she states that Blair was from White Rock, British Columbia. And about six months before his death, he went to work in Germany, which we've just gone over. While there, he met a girl and had an intense relationship with her. However, the girl was 16 or 17. She states that I have no idea what happened to my friend Blair, but I have always had a feeling that the people in Germany had something to do with this. Oh, this wow. was on December 25th, Christmas Day, 2005. Where did you find that? This is on the old Reddit. Oh, well, see, I, I tend to uh, avoid Reddit. I try to avoid Reddit because... Uh, I know that you 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 look at Reddit a lot, so I try to research other things, just so we don't see the same things over and over again. So it doesn't surprise me you found it on Reddit, but it does surprise me that I didn't I didn't find it in any of my research. On June the fifth, she would post again, stating that Blair was working in a construction company in Germany. He was there about four months. He took with him a guy that he was trying to help get off alcohol and drugs. And she believed that the guy 
that went with him soon started drinking when they got to Germany. A few of her friends think the family of the person or of the girl that Blair was seeing in Germany had something to do with his death. Although I think it was an incredible feat to get to him, I believe they came and found him in Tennessee and ended his life. Dude, I mean... That makes it even odder. That's like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Well, it makes sense if they followed him the whole way, you know. From Canada. From Canada. Like, they just, they, they were looking for their opportunity. He knew they were coming, and then they followed him. But, I mean, that's some determination, man. That is some determination. You really got an axe to ground with somebody if you're going to follow them. If you're going to cross the pond. If you're going to, if you're going to go from, you're going to come to from Germany to Canada, go to Canada to Seattle. Go from Seattle to, to Washington, then you're going to follow him from Washington to Knoxville. Yes. You got an axe to grind. That is an amazing level of hatred and determination to me. That 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 is pretty crazy. But, again, that's why we're talking about it, because everything about this shit is crazy as hell. She states that she had actually seen him a couple of days before he started to flee Canada. Someone told her that he had a plane ticket to Germany and went to the airport. I don't know why he didn't get on the plane. I understand that he took all of his valuables and tried to cross the border into the U.S. And because he had a lot of cash on him and was acting nervous, he was denied entry. So well, he, it, it, it's strange that if he was afraid of people from Frankfurt, and I know that it stated that they had just got back, but if he's afraid of people in Frankfurt, why would you try to go to Frankfurt? Maybe there's someone there that is an ally of these people or whatever. That that seems strange to me. That, does that not seem strange to you? Oh, no, yeah, well, I mean, it's extremely strange. I, yeah, I mean, unless he's thinking that they are following him. If I get on the plane to go back to Germany, I can beat them there and get to her and get her to talk some sense into him. Now, that that's a good theory. I like that. I like that theory. Um, she states that I knew Blair pretty well, but he did harbor a few secrets, and he had lots of trouble with drugs and alcohol. He had turned his life around, but I get the nagging feeling that it may have been something or someone from his past that was catching up to him. I also believe that this girlfriend in Germany was too young, and perhaps something strange happened there as he was supposed to be working there for two years but came home after four months. This was all this you found on Reddit? Yes. Okay. So she, the, the girl's actually posting on Reddit. Yeah. Well, she's, this is an actual... No, she's not posting on Reddit. This person said that they found this on... A, what's it called? Soap Opera Online? <laughs> really? Yeah. That I guess they did some kind of search for the Blair Adams and it pulled... I got you. Okay. You see so what I'm trying to say? So this is a second-hand report. This is a... Rep- I think the guy that posted this to to Reddit had actually copied all of this from the actual online message board. Okay, okay. I'm I'm with you. Okay. So now we go we fast forward to January twenty first, twenty twelve. Another lady posts on the same message board. Her name's Kareen nineteen seventy. And she claims to have known Blair and stated that he had cashed in some stocks and bonds at a bank that she worked at, but never returned to actually get the money. She also stated 
that the two of them would frequently cross the border together and border officials would always give Blair a hard time. Corrine would go on to say that I believe the killers were at the Vancouver airport. I believe they boarded the plane with him in Seattle. I also believe they were at the gas station in Knoxville. I think they were waiting for him outside of that hotel. And I also believe they tortured him, beat him, sodomized him, and put his body on display. I believe there was more evidence left behind for the police to track than they are saying. Blair was clean and sober when he died, but that doesn't mean his hands weren't muddied. He was a bisexual horticulturist living in Germany where the underground sex world is notorious and British Columbia Bud is in high demand. I have intimate knowledge Blair, Germany's underworld, and I am also no stranger to police corruption, to which I have not ruled out in this case as of yet. Corrine also reveals that Blair was my first boyfriend back in 1983. We remained friends throughout his life, and I consider him to be a guardian angel for me. When my mom called me to tell me what she was reading in the morning newspaper, we both said at the same time, he saw something he was not supposed to. He roamed into the wrong backyard, opened the wrong closet door, looked in the wrong deep freezer. Something wasn't supposed to be privy to him, and they didn't trust him to keep his mouth shut, so they shut it for him. What he was doing in Germany besides bricklaying is beyond me. I think he intended on making a new life there, working with his stepdad, finding a girlfriend, and trying to fit into a foreign society doing what he does. I speculate that he might have been mixed up in either growing or dealing marijuana that or his sexual deviances led him into a very dark and dangerous world that he was not prepared for. Kudos to you, sir. That is... I got some more, too, baby. That is... That's awesome, man. Let that... And the, the guy... I, I will I will post this guy's name that I got all this information from on Reddit, but this guy did a phenomenal job. This is someone that the true crime uh, community really champions. I mean, he takes a case and he runs with it. He does his own research. He looks into a lot of things. And my last little nugget of information from the old Reddit comes on January 12th, 2013. And this is a brand new user to this message board. And this one is called Meg the Egg 86. <laughs> that is extremely legitimate. Yeah. Dang. Um, you have to take what they say. Yeah, legit. I mean, legit. it's 110% real. Yeah. So she would go on, and I'm going ahead and saying it's a she because Meg. But anyway, it might be Meg as in Megalodon. The Megalodon may be posted. <laughs> okay. So basically, it is a lady that says that she had contacted Knox County about the case roughly two years prior. A deputy sergeant got back to her and said it was determined to be a homicide by all accounts and that Blair had no mental issues or illnesses prior to his death. And that, my friend, Coach, is all of the Reddit nuggets that I have. Whew. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, uh, since Mini-Me was slacking on his job, I think we got about 
three or four WTFs in the whole Kareen 1970 post when she stated all that shit. The more we do these topics, just the crazier it's getting, man. Like, poor Blair. Whatever happened to him, man, it's a, it is a sad, sad, sad story, no matter what. I know, and I, I, I go back to thinking, like, how odd, if I died today, how odd were some of my actions today? If you had to, like, oh, yeah, I saw him at this gas station, and then he, he uh, walked into this crazy uh, uh, corner stop to buy some beer, and he beat this method half to death to get the last two cans of yeah. Homestyle IPA. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, but... Regardless of what our weird actions might have been today, we can't top Mr. Adams. Trying to cross the border three times, buying a, a a ticket to Germany, turning that ticket in, buying a fly a one way flight for twice the price of a round trip to Washington DC, not knowing anyone, and driving five hundred miles or eight hundred kilometers to Knoxville, Tennessee. I mean, it, it makes no sense. Nothing of this. So, I see this as there's two possibilities. Either he was 100% right. And someone was out to get someone him. Someone was out to get him. And they got him. Or he was paranoid. He had some sort of uh, paranoid delusion. Lost his mind. Some psychotic break. Some sort of psychotic break. And he stumbled upon the wrong people. That is very interesting. But before we get into my take on this, no. I would like to let our listeners out there in the interweberies know that we really do hope that you love Mysterious Bruce Podcast. Uh, we hope that you are telling a friend, telling a family member, anybody you can get your hands on and tell them how stupid we really are and how entertaining this must be for you. I mean, we, I mean honestly, we really are. Yeah, we're just two idiots. We're just two dumbasses in the basement. We are. We really are. But did you know that you can actually get paid for just listening to our podcast? It sounds insane, I know, but it's true. We have discovered... A free new app called PodCoin. And yes, we are shamelessly plugging PodCoin. Well, not only that, the reason we're doing that is because we both really, truly love PodCoin. I love PodCoin. I'm going to get that gift card. $50 Amazon gift card. I promise you. And I am happy to report that the founder of PodCoin has listened to two of our episodes. No, no, no. Three. Oh, I'm sorry. He has listened to three of our episodes. And I couldn't be happier about that. PodCoin literally pays you to listen to its podcast, to your podcast, our podcast, your favorite podcast. And this is how it works. You listen to podcasts and you earn PodCoins while you listen. Then you turn those PodCoins in for gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you're really good, like Coach over there, you can donate some of your PodCoins to charity. No. <laughs> The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. Download the app right now on your iPhone or Android device, and I have a special code for you. Simply use our code, BRUISEPOD, and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen to enough of us on there, 
you can get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. So go ahead, go listen to this podcast or virtually any other podcast that you follow on PodCoin and sign up with the code BRUISEPOD. I swear it'll change the way you listen to podcasts. I love it. I love it. It is amazing. I have really used that as my go-to player here in the last couple of weeks. Now we get into the best part of the night, and that is where you get to hear our two dumbasses give you our theories. Well, I mean, getting back to it, there, there's there's only two things that happened. There's only two theories. Actually, there's only one thing that happened. Well. He died. He did die. But how and why? Either he was completely right, or he was delusional, and he stumbled upon the wrong people at the wrong time. And me personally, I can't tell you what happened, who was after him, or why, but I think he was right. I think he was 100% right. Why go through all of that and end up dead at random? And that just doesn't add up to me. To me, he knew they were coming after him. And whoever was after him was determined enough to follow him, stalk him, and kill him. And that was their goal, was to kill him. Because they did not rob him. He had several thousand dollars worth of gold and jewels and coins in his fanny pack. And he had four thousand dollars worth of currency. Yeah. And they took none of it. And if you do any research on this case, there's many theories out there ranging from a mugging, which is horseshit because nothing was taken, and a sexual encounter gone wrong. There's a little bit of even that. I mean, even if that is, even if that's what happened, they would take the, they would take. Oh yeah. The money. And then some people theorize that his death was an accident or bizarrely, a s- bizarrely, shit. A suicide? Yeah, hold on. I'll get into it. A I, suicide? Yes, hold on. Hold on. I'm going to get there. Okay. Give me a second. I'll give you a chance. I'm going to give and you a the chance. Way, and this is where I, I call horseshit on the suicide. They're saying that he was one of those. I'm going to let you finish that before I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> He was playing the blackout game while he jerked off. But why do you have to get naked from the waist down in a fucking construction parking lot? Well, if that was true, there's no ligature marks around his neck. There no would be, yeah, there's, there's they would be something. That, yeah, they would. If he was doing it on his own, they would find the they would found the belt around his neck, and he would have everywhere, and that would have been somewhere. Well, that's true, and then that doesn't explain the one blow to the stomach. to the stomach that killed him. I mean, even though he may have been packing a. A club of his own. I mean, I love you, but that is horseshit. I know it is. is This is not mine. I just said those are the theories out there. I know. Well, whoever came up with that is horseshit. But in the words of the captain, use a piece of shit. Use a piece of shit. All right. So, here's my theory, and it's a good one. It would seem to me that there is more to this than meets the old eye. And the theory that I have states that, yes, he was followed from Canada. And you may say that it's improbable, but that is what I believe has happened. Now, and I think the key here is his socks and the, quote, sexual assault. Now, if 
Mr. Adams had been robbed, we probably wouldn't be talking about this because that's the... Well, I mean, it's still enough odd circumstances to talk about it, but it would make a whole lot more sense if he was robbed. Right, or if he... We could easily make more sense of the, of the, of the events. Not what he did, but what the people that killed him did. Right. And we could easily... And I disproved the whole thing with, with people saying that he bumped into the wrong people. Um, if you bump into the wrong people, they're not going to undress you from the waist down. They might. But they're, definitely, they're damn sure going to rob you. And they're definitely going to beat the fuck out of you. Which they're they not did. just gonna. They're not just gonna hit you in the stomach. Well, your face had, is gonna. I be mean, he had contusion. defensive wounds on his hands. He had a gash on his hand, a deep gash. And I. And he had a wound on his head, that they said was consistent with a solid blow, from either a pipe, or a crowbar, crowbar or, or a, stick, a stick. Yeah, club or something. So he had. And people have also said that this was a sex act gone wrong, but that's not. I mean. And I'm not saying this because of the location. I'm just saying this in general. If you have an altercation with a prostitute or a pimp, they gonna take your shit. First exactly. Of all. Why was he not robbed? Right. You cannot. You cannot put this off on someone random because there was no robbery. There's no way in hell. That someone stumbles upon this man, kills this man, and doesn't rob him. It just, it's not going to happen. The people responsible for his death did not give two shits about the money or the jewels. Right, and that's what I was going to say. My thing is, if, if you are seriously considering this as a sexual assault, sex act gone wrong... He's in fear of his life, and he's going to go find somebody to suck him off or plug his rear end? No. Exactly. That's exactly. That's stupid. You, you're gonna go, that you're gonna, that fails to explain all of the clothing that's laying around him as well as I mean you're gonna you're gonna fly you're gonna you're gonna cross the border into the northwest of the United States from the north from the north uh southwest of Canada into the northwest of the United States. You're going to take a flight from Seattle to Washington, D.C., drive 500 miles to Knoxville to try to pick up a prostitute? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Doesn't make any sense. Now, he's running. I, yeah, he's, he's running. running. And I'll get into my why I think he's running. But the um, David David David, no, no, no. That home style's good. <laughs> uh, David thing. Davenport, who used to work for the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, but now he is the chief Knox County Sheriff's Office cold case unit, believes, and this is his theory, not mine, he believes there was a sex act in a car, there was some type of altercation, and Blair was hit in the head and thrown from the car. This would account for the laceration on his head, and then when he was thrown from the car, the front bumper strikes him, causing the fatal blow. This is uh-huh. his... Hold on. This is his theory. Davenport <laughs> believes that Blair was in the vehicle with a prostitute and perhaps a pimp, which perhaps indicates that the strand of hair found in Blair's hand is female, something that there seems to be no report on. Now, we've just destroyed that whole... his whole theory. 
based on what we believe. Now we get into... Well, I mean, how do you get thrown from a car and get hit by the front bumper? Yeah, and, and lacerate your abdominal perforation. Oh, well, that narrows it down. Yeah. So anything inside your stomach. All right, so let's get to my theory before we lose even more people. Um, here's what I think happened, and I'm going, I'm going to piggyback off of you. I think the state of his body leads credence to the fact that he was followed, that he was, someone was out to get him because if you look at it, that shows that they were looking for something. His body was searched. They searched the old prison pocket. They searched his pockets. They searched everything on him. They searched his fanny pack. They pulled the cash out looking for something. Whatever they were looking for, he did not have on him. And so they just throw all that shit around him. All the money, all the jewelry, all the gold, everything. So now they think that he has it in his body. Or on his body. So they rip his shirt open. And then they remove his socks. And this is where I go back to the socks are key. They remove his socks to make sure he didn't hide it in his socks or his shoes. And then they check the old prison pocket. Well, even if that is 100% true, it still doesn't make sense that they didn't take the money. No, I agree. And people have said that this, uh, all of it, you know, his shirt being torn, laceration to his head, that could have been from a fight. That's fine, but unless you're Rodney Carrington and you state that when somebody bigger than you is going to fight you, you get naked, that doesn't explain why the pants are pulled down and why his socks and shoes are off. And the thing is, his socks were turned inside out. I mean, clearly, I mean, I think clearly they were looking for something. But no matter what they're looking for, I don't care. I'm taking you money. I'm taking you jewelry. I'm taking the gold. No matter what, even if it was people looking for drugs, even if it was, no matter what the case is, that's the strangest thing to me, is that they didn't rob him. That's the the strangest part of this case to me. Yeah, And I go back to, and this is uncomfortable for a lot of people to hear, but I go back to the fact that there was no DNA evidence, and the cops are saying that this was a sexual assault. The reason there's no DNA evidence is, is they were looking for something. They were seeing if he keister stashed it. Absolutely, I, I absolutely believe that. I think that's what happened. I think I think that he was involved in some shady stuff that he shouldn't have been involved in. Enough to where they followed him across the entire United States. And there's two theories on the keister stash thing. That's some determination. The two theories on the keister stashing is if you're willing to beat a man, strip him, and perform an anal search, the item that you're looking for is extremely important to somebody, and it's obviously small enough that you can either put it in (laughs) your socks or your buttle. And most of the time, the old prison pocket is the last place common people would search for anything. So, that would lead you to believe that either A, he had hit it off of his body somewhere else, or he really did hide it in the, the old prison pocket and they found it in there. That's possible too. 
I can't imagine something, even heroin, a diamond, gold. I, I can't imagine anything so important that they're going to follow this man that far. Well, and I'll go even further, and this is where I'm go- I'm going to run with this, is the fact that you know his hotel key card is found with him. So that would lead me to believe, and they had already stated that the entry hadn't been made into his, the hotel room. Yeah, he never had. entered the room. So that key card didn't activate that door. So that leads more credence to the fact that whatever they were looking for, they found. That's a good point. That is a good point. And I I just keep going back to these people are obviously professionals because if you can check the old prison pocket without doing some tears, uh, you know what you're looking for. (laughs) You know where most people would hide. Well, maybe they did it after he was dead. And yeah, they, but wouldn't they you could still, take their time. There would still be post-mortem tears. Well, I mean, maybe. All right, so before I keep running with mine, I will throw in here. Mini-Me has stated that um, he he obviously makes the... Uh, he obviously is paranoid. He feels like someone is following him. And he actually sees someone before he can make it to the actual hotel room. So he goes, and he heads across the parking lot trying to get away from him. And so Minnie Me states that's when they attack him. Now, the one thing that Minnie Me does state is that he puts up a hell of a fight, and they basically hit him in the head and knock him out, and then the blow to the stomach is what he probably come to, and that's probably what killed him. Minnie Me states that that probably was an accidental death. They wanted to knock him. They wanted to hurt him and didn't realize they had hit him so hard to tear his, perforate his uh, abdominal cavity. And so then afterwards, he they ran. All right, so here's my whole thing. The, whether or not you uh, whether or not you believe about the old prison pocket, <laughs> the fact that his socks and shoes are are removed and his shirt is opened and his pants are basically jerked off of him, that would lead you to believe that whoever was looking for something thought that he either had it on his body or he was wired. Mm. We can obviously throw away the fact that robbery was a motive. You know, we we both stated that. Um, I still go back to the fact that whoever attacked him thought he had something on him that they that he shouldn't have or that they needed to keep them out of trouble i i mean honestly i mean i agree but i just can't see something being so important that you're gonna follow him that far and commit a murder like that i mean honestly think that both scenarios are equally um unlikely but one of them had to happen I mean, seriously. Are we? I mean, are we not? Gonna, are we going to entertain the fact that maybe it was Randall? I don't know. If, I I don't think it's Randall. I really don't. I mean, my gut feeling says he is running from something. And now, he could have had a mental break, and still thought someone a genuine threat to his life. But I go back to the fact that whoever killed him, attacked him, whatever. They were looking for something. And obviously it was not money motivated. Correct. Maybe he had a mental break and he was paranoid, schizophrenic, whatever. And he 
he ran all the way to Knoxville and just by happenstance came across the wrong people at the wrong time. He was acting fucking very weird, out of his mind. They may have thought they were in, in danger, attacked him in self-defense or whatever, or deliberately. He hits the ground dead. They freak out. They run before they have time to rob him. Right, and, and that's what I was about to say. I think that you're looking at, this is not a professional hit by any means. I think this is someone that probably, well, um, I don't know. Well, here's no, why well, I say this is not it, a professional it, it, hit. Well, well, no, no, no. I'm going to argue that. The fact that he wasn't robbed, I would say that is a giant check mark in the it is a professional hit column. Well, the reason I'm saying that it's not a professional hit is how many professional hitmen are going to hit you in the stomach and then you die of sepsis or septic shock? Because that takes quite a while for you to die from septic shock. I think this is one of those, they hit him in the stomach with the end of a club, a crowbar or whatever to double him over. They pop him, they crack him upside the head to let him know that he's, they mean business. So now he's like, oh God, you know, he's kind of in and out, in and out. And they perform that search looking for him, not realizing they have basically torn some, his abdominal cavity. Because if you're going to die from septic shock, that takes a little bit. Mm. It can't happen just automatically. And if you're found within 24 hours, I think it's medically treated, treated, treatable. That's why I'm saying it's not a professional yet. Because if it's professional and I'm looking, if I'm looking for something on you, if I have been tasked with taking you out, I'm not doing it with a club. I'm going to stab your ass. I'm going to choke you out. I'm going to steal some shit like we have decided to make it look like a robbery. And then I'm going, nobody's going to know that you got it in the old keister. And I'm going to get what I came for. Mm. But I'm going to throw the cops off by making it look like this whole thing. I go back to the socks. With the socks being pulled off, they're looking for something, man. You just don't pull somebody's socks off. Unless you have a foot fetish. I mean, there are some freaky fuckers out there, but... I mean, you make an excellent point. I make a lot of excellent points. But... (laughs) I just go back to the fact that he wasn't robbed. Oh, I know. That's my thing. I mean, the fact that he wasn't robbed throws this whole case into term into just a, a, a spiral of what the fucks because if it's professional they they might not care to rob him but i still would well i think if it's professional you're if, going to if it's accidental and they hit him and he's laying on the ground moaning and, and screaming and in pain or whatever yeah you know you messed up but Four thousand dollars worth of currency comes out of his pockets onto the ground. What if whatever he had was worth fifty times greater than that? That's why they didn't take the four thousand dollars cash. They knew they had leverage and they were going to make much, much more. But Even I know if, that I mean, human nature is I'm going to take the fucking cash. If I'm getting paid, let's just say, sake of an argument, this is some kind of crazy ass lifetime movie. He's getting paid fifty thousand to go get whatever from his butthole. <laughs> <laughs> and he finds he find let's say he finds roughly two thousand dollars in American currency. He's wow. all he now has got fifty two thousand dollars. Cause I'm gonna tell you something. I might pick up two hundred bucks. Dude, I'd pick up a quarter. Yeah, me too. Every day I'm like, <laughs> somebody walked over this quarter. God dang, y'all stupid. I mean, I might walk past a uh, I might walk past a nickel. 
Maybe. No. If it's silver, it's going in my pocket. Oh, yeah. All right. So here, now, this is one theory that, again, I don't really put a whole lot of stock in it, but it makes you go, hmm. It gives you a WTF moment. And they're saying that he could have had a, an abdominal injury at some other time. And their thing is that this septic affects you at different rates. And these symptoms may include, I'm not going to read all of these to you, but basically a rapid heart rate, restlessness, agitation, confusion, um, decreased mental status. Well, that sounds like every night when I lay down to go to sleep. I know, me too. But basically, the re- <laughs> what I what I look at is the restlessness, the agitation, the confusion, and the decreased mental status kind of goes into his behavior that the tow truck or the interstate recovery guy states, the hotel lady states, um, and it also, it progressively gets worse as the timeline goes forward. Mm-hmm. So that would lead you to believe, and I'm just chasing this rabbit for just a short period, but then I'm going to shoot it in the head. <laughs> is the fact that that does lead you to believe that there may have been he may have been uh, suffering from symptoms of septic shock, but I go back to the fact of a he's not robbed like you've stated, and b why in the fuck would you run to Knoxville? I mean, <laughs> I don't know what answers you're looking for, brother, because I don't have any. Somebody had stated they had thought that he was attacked twice. Hmm. And the reason I say, or they say he was attacked twice, they state that the blow to his head happened in Knoxville, but by this point, whoever attacked him didn't realize that he was suffering from septic shock from an apparent attack days earlier. Yeah, and and the reason they give credence to this is that he's so scared that someone's after him that he's not going to go seek medical treatment. But I don't, I, don't, I really don't buy that well, at all. listen. At all. Well, I would love to just be like, oh, well, that is horse shit. But that makes no less sense than what we, what the facts of the case. I mean, this case makes no sense whatsoever. Sense has no place here. I don't think so. I don't think that. Maybe. I don't think you're gonna find the answers in Knoxville. I think the answers are in British Columbia or in Germany. I think the answers are in Germany. Honestly, if I'm gonna be, if I'm, if I'm being honest. But I think this man got mixed up in some shit that he should not have got mixed up in, and somebody was determined enough to kill him. Well, here's the other thing: people are saying that he was a drug mule. And I don't see that. I mean, I don't see you running to Knoxville and then somebody looking for some black tar heroin in your butthole. Well, I mean, that make the, him being a drug mule makes the the fact that he was found without his pants more 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 logical. But if you're a drug mule, that goes back to the fact that this motherfucker just had four thousand dollars worth of cash, gold bars, platinum, and gold coins laying around him, and you're not gonna take any of that. Oh, what you want me to tell you, man? I want you to tell me the fucking. I want you to answer it. God damn it. I done, I done answer told, it. I done told you. I want you to answer you. it right now. <laughs> I don't want you to talk no more. Just give me the answer. I done told you. The fact that he the fact that he wasn't robbed makes every single solitary theory that you can have make no sense. None. No sense whatsoever. Unless Sasquatch. 
Chupacabra. I always go to Chupacabra. Sass. Squatch. A lot of the comments on Reddit were that he had a mental break. But that doesn't go... That doesn't explain... I just... I don't get it. I just... I, I don't... I don't believe that it's revenge for him. If that girl was 16 or 17, I don't think daddy's coming over there sticking his finger in your butthole see if you got a, a wedding ring. I think he's going to take some of that money. I don't think I think he would definitely take the German currency and the the gold and the platinum you know to basically recoup having to track this dumbass down for messing with his daughter, but at the same time, what kind of underworld moron would you have to be to fuck with somebody's daughter who's powerful enough to track your ass down across the pond across two countries? I mean, the only way you make this make sense is drugs. Is he got mixed up with the wrong crowd? Well, here's the other thing that I would go for. I think they were looking for a key. I think they were looking for a safe deposit key. Because there's keys strung around. And that would make sense. That's small enough that you could wrap it in something so that it doesn't tear the old butthole. But you keister stash it. And then whatever that you have that say you have some kind of criminal evidence or you stumbled upon something. You hide that in a safety deposit box. He cleaned out his safety deposit box of all his valuables. Mm -hmm. So that would lead the bank to think, well, there's nothing left in there. But he still has a key. And he could have put something in that safety deposit box that was an insurance policy. Hmm. Now that, that's interesting. That is an interesting theory. And But you're right, they didn't find that key on him. They didn't find the key to the uh, uh, the Nissan on him either. True. And the thing is, it may not be his safety deposit key. He may have a safety deposit box key of something or someone else that he knows what's in there, and he's oh, trying wow. to get to that box. Oh, wow. And that also goes to state, I mean, that would go to go back to the interstate driver that would give credence to why he wouldn't turn his pockets out or why he wouldn't stick his hand in there because I don't want to risk dropping that key. That's before he's keister stashed it. I know, man. I'm I'm telling you, this Homestyle IPA makes me smarter. Dude, that... I I, I, I truly think you're on to something. That is, that is interesting stuff right there. And that is truly your theory, man. We haven't seen that anywhere, have no, we? No, we haven't. That is your theory. That is amazing, dude. I still, I would just go back to, like you said, I'm going to go to Germany. That's where the answers are going to lie. Because if you're in Frankfurt, you're not far from Amsterdam. You're not far from Paris. I mean, you're basically at a lot of European hubs for drugs, shady shit going down. Um, you can basically, from Frankfurt, be in a multitude of places within a day. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that's that's the way it is with Europe anyway. Um, I mean, people don't truly understand just how small these countries are. Right. I mean, for example, Italy. Italy, the entire country of Italy is smaller than California. Yeah. I mean, but, alright, so now I, that I have just blown you away with my uh, that is wonderful I theory. mean, that, no, dude, I'm going to give you some credit for that. That is, that is very interesting. 
Very intriguing information right there. Now I'm going to go back up and I'm going to give you the old redneck version. Uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> Not redneck version, but what I had discovered was... going to be like Pertnear, here we go. No, no Pertnears now, buddy. Boy, God, did I tell you what? Let me tell you I something. I tell you what? Let me tell you something. Just sit down right there and let me tell you something. What? Basically, what I found was uh, Surrey, British Columbia... It's got a, a a pretty big reputation for being some low income, uh, drug dealing, some gang violence going on up in oh, now. Shit. Yeah. So he may have keister stash, some black tar heroin. I just don't buy it. I still go back to the fact if you chase a guy to Knoxville, Tennessee for some black tar heroin, you're a dumbass. And you're well, also gonna take the money. It's certainly more than you're gonna be able to keister. Oh yeah. It's not worth it to track the man that far. I, I really I really go back to something. And I hate to be like this is some kind of born identity bullshit. He's got a, a key to a safety deposit box. But that's about the only thing I can come up with. Because drugs just doesn't... Drugs don't make that big of an impact with me because, like you said, he was not robbed. I I, mean, I truly I I mean I know I've I've harped on it and harped on it and harped on it, but the fact that he wasn't robbed really puts a huge question mark in every theory you can come up with. Now you could say that Mr. Blair shitty luck falls for this girl who happens to be the daughter of someone in Frankfurt that is not on the up and up, and that somehow he gets some kind of evidence on this man or something like that. I'm just going back to my safety deposit box. It's a, it's as good a theory as anybody, as anyone else has come up with. I, I just, I don't know. Uh, someone was stating that they thought he was running from his captor, or captors. He was running from his pursuers, and he had rented the car so that he could cross the border in, to Mexico. But why would you go through Knoxville? If I'm going to cross the border, my ass is flying to the Midwest somewhere and renting a car. I'm not going and then cutting across Tennessee to get to the Mexican border. Why would he fly to D.C. to rent a car to travel to the... Uh, yeah, I'm going to like El Paso. South, yeah. or I'm going to... Houston, Houston, Dallas. I mean, I'm going to go San Antonio, somewhere yeah. in Arizona, New Mexico. Yeah. Or Texas. I'm not going to Washington, D.C. I don't know. It's, it's, again, like you said, it's just crazy. Now, I will say this. The article that we're going to post the link to, the guy that wrote this actually contacted Blair's mother a couple of times via telephone. The first time she was real uh, open to listening to his questions and, you know, this will get my son's case back out there, blah, 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 blah. Well, she states either in that first phone call or the second phone call, she believed that he was going to Knoxville because the Olympics were going to be in Atlanta, but the Olympics didn't start for another two weeks. So why would you go two weeks earlier? And then he calls back the third time and the mother doesn't answer the phone. The stepfather does and states, we are not going to open this can of worms again. What can of worms are you talking about? That's a great question. Are you talking about the fact that he may have been sexually assaulted? Are you talking about some kind of worms 
that someone has called you and said you need to shut the fuck up or whatever happened to your son is going to happen to you and your wife? I don't know. I, I mean, there's. I, I would go to two things. He either had a mental breakdown and imagined this threat. I mean, that's the only two theories. Or he was or right. He's running. He's right. And someone finds him and they look for something. And this is a case where, you know, some of the cases... I just don't think Knoxville's where they need to concentrate their efforts. Some of the cases were like, there's so many other, there's so many options, there's so many things, there's so many things that could be. This case, there are two options. And they are both equally improbable. But one of them happened. One of the two happened. Had to. That's the only two options we have. And I couldn't possibly tell you which one is right. Because I, I mean. Alright, so if you don't buy my safety deposit box key situation, here's where I want to leave. And this, I will be done with my theories. I promise this is it. If it's not a safe deposit box key, it is a key of some sort that the perpetrator or whoever was chasing him, because I really do believe that's what was going on. It's a key of some sort that they felt like he could put in his sock that would not affect him walking. You understand what I'm saying? Like if they put it on the bottom of your foot, if you put it in the arch of your foot, it's not going to affect if it's a small key. Yeah. And that small key could be a key to a safe. It could be a, a key to a uh, lockbox. It could be a key to an airport bus terminal. And I know those things have those big, gaunchy-ass ends, but you cut that fucker off. I, I just go back to the fact that the, the either the... My biggest thing is the answers do not lie in Knoxville. You either need to go to British Columbia, where he's from, or you need to get your ass to Frankfurt and figure out who this girl is, who she was connected with, and run with that. I think that's your best bet. And I'm done. Mic drop. I'm done. Can I just go ahead and say, and, and we, we we do not have any monetary ties to the Bearded Iris, but I cannot brag on their Dude, Homestyle IPA That enough. was really good, man. That was amazing. It was amazing. It's probably Kylie, one of, you're the best. It's probably one of the the best new beers I've tried in the past year. Like, seriously. I mean, that's really good It stuff. is good. It was really good. But as you know, if you've listened to our previous episodes, we, we don't answer shit. No, we just pose more questions. <laughs> we try our best, but we're not we're not the smartest we're not the smartest two assholes. We are assholes though. But just ask our wives. Good lord. This case is crazy. It is crazy, and I think the biggest thing with this case is like you stated earlier, I feel like this case unfortunately does have the murder aspect, but this case is so much more than the murder aspect. This case is so much of a mystery that you get lost in the fact that some poor man lost his life. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the the intrigue for me lay, is the fact that, unfortunately, he did lose his life. But the mystery surrounding that is greater for me. That's the biggest rabbit that you would chase. All right. With that said, we get into our recommendations of the week. And I am going to recommend the wonderful article that I have referenced a couple of times already and that we will be 
putting on our Instagram, Twitter, and hopefully our new Facebook page and YouTube channel. And this is the article on the Knox News. It is something that I believe that you need to read and really maybe go back and read it again another day and then chase the rabbit. See what you find out. Um, if this stuff, you know, intrigues you, I believe this is a great jumping off point for you. Coach, what do you have for recommendations this week? Well, sir, I'm going to recommend the YouTube page. Top 5 Unknowns. It is a countdown-based uh, website, uh, YouTube page, rather. And they count down all kinds of wonderful things, like five unsettling last messages before they people vanished, five scary videos you can only watch with the lights on, five final photographs with detailed backstories before disaster, all kinds of creepy, creepy stuff in a countdown-based form. And everybody knows you do love a good countdown. There's nothing more that I love on Earth than a countdown. I'll watch any countdown you got. Any countdown. So that's my recommendation. What do, uh, what do you got coming up for us in a couple, in the next few uh, podcasts? I think we're going to stay local. And I, by local, I mean we are going to tackle a couple of Georgia mysteries. Uh, there's a couple in the pipeline that we would be working on. And I'm just going to leave it at that. You'll just have to tune in. I'm not exactly sure what my next choice is going to be, but I'm definitely open to suggestions. So. If we do venture out into the old YouTube realm, there are a couple of Georgia things that uh, we've made reference to amongst ourselves that we're going to have to actually go see. And hopefully we can put some pic- at least some pictures on a YouTube channel on that. Look for us if we do decide to jump on the old Facebook bandwagon uh we will update everyone via twitter or uh instagram those are going to be our two main stays though that's what's championed us so far please if you get a chance and you enjoy what you listen to go to itunes leave us a five-star review we will read your five-star review online online shit on air (laughs) um have I said how much I like the old bearded Irish homestyle IP? Man, that I'm telling you, dude, I cannot. Possibly. We're not sponsored by them, but I, I seriously want to call them up and say, I want to shake your hand. Yeah, I can't possibly recommend that more. That is a very wonderful, yes. wonderful beer. If you have a craft brew, a growler business in your area, please stop in and ask them about the bearded Irish homestyle IPA. If you like a good IPA. Oh, it's good. It is so good. good. But anyway, I digress. But as usual, Coach, you got anything else? No, sir, I sure don't. Deuces!